builders of good, thank you for tuning in to the Build Good Fundraising Podcast. Fundraising isn't easy, but it should be simple. So on this show, we take the mystery out of raising money. Now, on every episode, we coach you to build your fundraising like a flywheel. The flywheel has five parts. Number one is listening to donors. Number two is engaging them. Number three is asking the right people for the right things. Number four is celebrating every single gift at every single level. Number five is reporting back in a real-time and responsive way. Now, if you master the five parts of the flywheel, your fundraising flywheel will start to spin reliably with less effort on your part. Your revenue will grow and so will your career. Now, every week we focus on one part of the flywheel. And today we're kind of focusing on planning. We're kind of focusing on, hey, if you actually want to spin up this flywheel, and you want to start to grow, what are some realistic budgets and what are some realistic growth goals? And today is a solo cast. It's just you and I, we are hanging out together. We've got a bunch of great guests coming up in some future episodes. But for now, I wanted to have this chat with you for a very specific reason. And it's something that we've run into quite a bit here at BuildGood over the last two months. Uh, we've seen it with our clients. We've seen it in some of the uh, discovery calls we've had. And we've seen it in the Fundraising Academy, our coaching and training program. And that's this. Like Many of you had a very healthy 2021 and 2022 in terms of revenue. Like During the pandemic, things were just working for you. Money was coming in. Whether you were, were, and I know many of you tried very hard and you really stepped up your game, but even for those who, who, who didn't, even for those who took a step back, money, it was just easier to come in during COVID. We now call it the COVID bump. We've seen it in most donor files we've looked at where there's this unreasonable expectation of like revenue that's 2021, there was this bump and things leveled off in 2023. And many of you had what you might consider a down year because you are comparing against two really healthy years where for many organizations, not for every organization, for many organizations, revenue wasn't an issue. Meeting budgets and growth goals wasn't an issue. And 2023 comes along and for all sorts of reasons, it was softer most of the year fundraising performance was softer across the board. Now, year-end, a lot of it picked up. We've seen a lot of donor files where toward year-end, things really picked back up. But overall, still maybe not where things were in 2022 or maybe not where organizations thought that they should be in 2023 because they thought they might be able to maintain this rapid growth. Now, we've started to score those donor files against the year 2019 and be like, if COVID had never happened with 2023, would you be on pace for two, three, four years later to be where you're at? And in many cases, yeah, they're they're right on track for a, a quote-unquote normal amount of growth since 2019. However, they are setting aggressive targets. Now, even without COVID, oftentimes organizations seem to set these targets of we want to grow 10, 20, I've even seen 30% year over year growth. And the truth is, it's entirely possible. It's also very hard to maintain. 
And you also need to plan for it. You need to resource it. You need to invest for it. And sometimes those heavy growth years, you're investing a lot of money in it. And organizations aren't quite comfortable with how much it takes to invest to get that kind of growth for many reasons. One of them being this fundraising admin ratio that organizations try to keep below an arbitrary number. Sometimes that plays into it. Sometimes it's just like, hey, we can't stomach spending that much on growth. It doesn't seem reasonable. Now, I may disagree with that, but that's just oftentimes what we're seeing. So if you are setting goals for the year 2024, or maybe your board has set some of these goals, or maybe your boss is setting some of these goals, some of you, you're done budgeting, you're done planning. Some of you have your your fiscal year doesn't end until April, May, and, and you're in the middle of budgeting season. That's the case for many of our clients. If you're in the middle of setting goals. If that's you, I want you to take a minute to download the worksheet in the show notes and to work through the math with me. We will, we're going to do this together, but I want you to take a moment to deeply think about this because... Whether we like it or not as fundraisers, we often get judged for the performance of the fundraising, whether it's in our control or whether it's not in our control. And some things are in our control and some things just aren't. Whether we agreed with the goals that were set by leadership, um, oftentimes it lands back on our desk. Uh, and it's not always fair, but it is the truth. And that's a reality that that many of us, you and I are navigating. And so I think you should be at the table when it comes to budgeting and when it comes to setting growth goals. And I think you should come as prepared as you can. So that is my goal for today's podcast is to very simply work through a worksheet with you where we're going to do some easy math. Don't get scared about this. This is easy math. We are going to do a bit of homework together. We're going to crunch through the numbers, we're going to come up with seven easy calculations, right? Seven easy calculations that you actually need, need to go through in order to know what is a reasonable growth goal, what is reasonable to expect for your organization. And once we do this together, you're going to be able to take this back to management. Maybe you are management and you're going to be able to have a chat with yourself or with your boss or with your board. And you're going to have a more clear eyed view of what it takes to grow. So by the end of the episode, that's my hope. You're going to have this clear picture of what it takes to grow and if your growth goal is reasonable. So let's 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 dive right in. Uh, go to the show notes, download the worksheet, uh, hit, hit pause if you need to do that real quick, come back, and we're going to get going. We're going to start with some first principles of growing a donor file. This is just a mindset for you to have to keep in mind as you're even thinking about growth. Now, there's actually only three ways to grow a donor file. There's only three ways to grow a donor file. Number one is you can get new donors. You can go out, you can acquire new donors. That's one way to grow your file and your revenue. Number two is you can lead donors to give more frequently. You can ask more frequently throughout the year. You can invest in monthly giving, for example. And you can increase, you can try to increase the frequency at which people give. Lastly, number three is you can lead donors toward giving more. You can try to increase the size of gifts that donors make. 
this is uh, you know upgrading donors to mid-level program, maybe upgrading donors to major giving, maybe working with major donors and seeing if they have more capacity to give. Oftentimes, legacy giving is uh, is a good way to start. Uh, inviting donors to give from their assets. These are all ways that you can lead donors, work with donors to give more. All right, so those are the three ways you can grow. Get new donors, donors to give more often, or lead donors toward making greater gifts. Ideally, you are going to be doing a mix of all three of those. A healthy file is doing all three of those at the same time. But the two easiest levers for you to pull today, in this moment, right now, the two easiest levers for you to pull is to lead donors toward giving more frequently and leading donors to keep toward giving more. And here's why. The donors you already have in your file, the donors who are already with you, already giving to you, they're in front of you. They are so much more valuable than the donors you hope to acquire. And if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that we just can't stress this enough. We say it over and over. The donors you already have are far more valuable than the ones you hope to acquire. They are more likely to become monthly donors. They are more likely to become mid-level donors. They're more likely to become major donors. They are more likely to leave a gift in their will. And for many donors, leaving a gift in their will or some sort of planned gift is going to be the largest gift that they might ever make to your organization. For a lot of donors, their best gift to your organization might be some sort of planned gift, like leaving you a gift in their will, or gifts of life insurance or assets or something like that. So the donors you already have, those are your people. They're your people, they're your community. If you do a good job of stewarding their gifts and nurturing those relationships, then you're going to have to rely less on acquiring new donors. Now, it's true, though, that you have to acquire new donors as well. As much as the donors you already have are more valuable than new ones you hope to acquire, they're also finite. If you have a, a donor list, active, like a thousand active donors that give year over year, at some point, even if you have fantastic retention, even if you've got like 80% retention, not everyone gives year after year and it compounds. And so an 80% retention rate five years in has already eroded your file quite a bit. Many organizations are in this position. We are relying on fewer and fewer people to do more and more of the giving. So you do have to acquire some new donors. You have to balance new donor acquisition with donor retention. And on this podcast, I'm super excited. We're about to do a whole series on donor acquisition because that is one of those really hard things to figure out. And I'm really excited to dive into it. We've got a ton of great content coming up, uh, specifically leaning into digital donor acquisition. So that is coming up in a few episodes. We'll be launching that series. But for now, I want you to really hone in on the fact, like the main takeaway from this episode the, the key principle is that the better of a job you can do at keeping your existing donors, the easier it will be for you to grow. Even if your growth comes from new donors, the better job you do at retaining donors, the easier it will be for you to grow. 
That's why we talk about the flywheel. The better of a job you do at spinning up the flywheel, the easier it will be for you to add new donors to that flywheel. Right now, let's get into all of this with a very tangible example. We're going to use our favorite fake charity called Caring Hearts. Caring Hearts is this fake charity we use in the fundraising academy. We often talk about it on the podcast. It's uh, it it does not exist. So um, this is just for you and I to have an example to walk through. Now, Caring Hearts. Let's keep the numbers really easy because public math is hard and it's too easy to get math wrong. So let's keep the numbers really like easy. Uh, and as we walk along, you're going to plug in your own numbers. So if you have the worksheet in front of you, you may also need your income expense statement in front of you. You may also need your growth goals. Maybe you know that already. And, uh, you know, like if you know your retention rate, your overall donor retention rate, that's a helpful thing to know. If not, just walk through these numbers with me. And then at the end of the episode, you can go and figure out your own numbers. Let's walk through Caring Hearts. They raise about a million dollars per year. And Amy Stevens, the CEO of Caring Hearts, has told her board, you know what? I think we're in a position to grow 10% year over year. We're at a million dollars right now. I think every year we should be able to grow 10%. Those are going to be our growth targets. So let's say that is also your goal. Let's say you're raising a million dollars and you want to grow your revenue this year by 10%. So if your revenue last year was a million dollars and let's just do some really simple math, you want to grow by 10%, that means that next year you need to raise 100,000 extra dollars. You're at 1 million, 10% growth takes you to 1.1 million, $100,000, right? That's money I got to go out and find. That's new money I got to go out and find. So as a fundraiser, you're tasked with raising an additional $100,000, right? Well, not so fast. <laughs> you're actually tasked with raising a lot more than that to meet your goal. And here's why. There are seven easy calculations that we have to figure out before actually knowing how much new money we have to raise or what our growth goal is in terms of raising more money. Here's the seven. Number one, we need to figure out our income at the end of our last fiscal year. Like, like how much money did we raise? This one's easy. Number two, we need to figure out how much revenue are we going to lose? What is our revenue attrition? Because some donors are going to renew and well, some won't. So how much revenue are we going to lose from donors who don't? Number three, we have to figure out, okay, what is our net retained revenue? After we lose that revenue that we think we're going to lose, what number of, of, like, like of last year's income, how much are we going to retain? What's that number? Number four is we have to figure out our growth goal. This can be a little bit arbitrary. We're going to figure out later if it makes sense or not, right? Like by how much do we want to grow total income in the coming year? Number five. Then we get to figure out, well, what is the new net revenue that we have to raise in the new year? This is the real number that we're going to have to get after. And after that, number six is figuring out out of that net new revenue, how much do we think that we can get from existing donors? And number seven, how much do we think we can get from new donors? Now, if this sounds intimidating, don't worry. Let's walk through it step by step. Let's start with the income at the end of your last fiscal year. How much money did we raise? 
So Caring Hearts raised $1 million last year. At the end of the year, that was their income from individual donors, a clean, even $1 million. That one's easy. Now let's figure out how much of that revenue can we expect to retain? Well, um, this could be anywhere between, you know, depending on what your donor retention rate is, it could be anywhere between you might only lose 10% of that or you might lose 50% of that. In this case, Caring Hearts thinks, well, we're doing a pretty good job. Overall, we're managing like renewals, reactivations, everything. We're managing to renew about 80% of revenue year over year. So we're going to lose $200,000. We're going to keep $800,000, 80%. And we're going to lose $200,000, 20%. So our expected revenue attrition is 20%. 20% of a million dollars is two. $100,000. Are you following me so far? We made a million dollars last year. And we think out of that, about $800,000 are going to come back next year in form of some sort of renewal or reactivation. That means about 200000 will not. All right, let's move on to net retained revenue. So how much revenue will we realistically retain from the previous year? Well, we just did that math as well. It's $800,000. We're going to lose $200,000 and we're going to keep $800,000. Now, what is our goal for the year? What's our top line growth goal for the year? Amy Stevens told her board, we're at a million dollars. We want to raise our budget by 10% every year. So our 10% growth goal means we want an additional $100,000 this year over last year. Last year, we did a million. This year, we want to do $1.1 million. So the top line growth goal is $100,000. Now let's do a really easy calculation. What is the net new revenue that we then have to raise this year? And all we're going to do is we're going to take our expected revenue attrition, and we're going to add our growth goal to it. So if you remember, we expected to lose $200,000, and we said we want to raise an extra $100,000. So $200,000 plus $100,000 is $300,000. Originally, when we set this goal up, we want to grow by 10%. That meant, oh yeah, we have to raise an additional $100,000. Well, now we're figuring out, actually, we have to raise an additional $300,000. We have to raise an additional $200,000 just to stay at a million because we're going to lose that much. And then we have to raise another $100,000 on top of that to meet our growth goal. So our new goal for, for new money in the door is actually $300,000. All of a sudden, it becomes a little bit more daunting. So let's figure out, out of those $300,000, how are we going to get it? Now remember, you, you, can, you can grow your file by getting new donors or by getting your existing donors to give more frequently or give more often. I always suggest that the net new revenue to raise over 60% of that should come from your existing donors, just because it's easier. 
So in this case, let's say Caring Hearts thinks 70% of our growth goal could come from existing donors. So 70% of the $300,000 goal is $210,000. So Caring Hearts is going to have to find an additional $210,000 from existing donors. That leaves 30% of the $300,000 goal to come from new donors. So that's about $90,000. So now Caring Hearts has, if they want to grow by 10%, they need to come up with a plan. They need to come up with a plan of, well, if we are confident that we are going out of the one million that we're going to retain $800,000, how are we going to do that? We need a plan to focus on monthly donor conversion and making stewardship and cultivation a key investment, for sure. Number two, how are we going to raise the additional $210,000 from existing donors? We did the math. We know that to get to 1.1 million, our 10% growth goal, we actually have to find an additional 300,000. Out of those 300,000, we're going to take 210 from existing donors. Well, how are we going to, you know, maybe upgrade gift size or frequency? Or can we build out a stronger mid-level donor program? Can we identify donors who have major giving capacity or or major donors who could give could give more? Maybe we're leaving money on the table here. And then Caring Hearts has to figure out and make a plan. Well, how are we going to raise $90,000 from new donors, people who are not yet in our donor file or not yet connected to us? And uh, if we do that, that is how we are going to get to our growth goal of 10% and go from 1 million to 1.1 million. So as you can see, for this, this very simple example, that growing by 10% year over year isn't all that easy because you have to first retain as much of your revenue as possible. The money you raise this year, you got to work very hard to raise as much of that again next year, plus the additional money that you want to bring in the door. Now, you can also see that retention is everything. You can see how keeping the donors you already have is actually your best bet for growth, makes growth easier. Spinning that flywheel of listening to donors, engaging, asking, celebrating, reporting is so vital if you want to grow. Everything has to be built on retention if you want to grow. Growth, we typically associate it with new donors, new names, new emails, new donors, new dollars. And it is true a lot of growth comes from that, but it's always built on a foundation of existing donors that fuel a lot of that growth. And if you're not good at keeping existing donors, no matter how many new donors you pour into your file, you're always going to be on a hamster wheel of trying to acquire new donors because you're not retaining them. If you're not good at retention, you're not going to be effective at acquisition. Retention begins at acquisition. So if you're not effective at retention, it might not even be worth spending a ton of money on acquisition only to lose those donors right away.
because every year you'll be reinventing the wheel. You need to replace, retain existing revenue and get new revenue in the door. And that balance can be hard to find, but it gets a lot easier. It gets so much easier once you have fixed your retention problems and how to retain more of your revenue. So I want to give you a quick example. We've been working with an organization for the last 24 months of implementing the flywheel. Now, they had had almost no growth for for a a decade. For a 10-year period, it was almost flat revenue. And a little bit like Caring Hearts, they were kind of stuck at at this number. And every year they had intentions to grow, but they could never quite break the barrier of where they were the year before, despite a lot of their best efforts. Now, for the last two years, the last 24 months, we've been implementing the flywheel with them. And so far, we've seen 40% growth in the number of active donors seen 20% growth in just the number of gifts, right? So frequency. 21% growth in donor renewal rates. A little bit over 20% growth. 21% growth in increase in donors who upgraded their gifts. So who are giving more every year than a previous one. And then 24% increase in donors who make like more than two gifts per year. And that's excluding monthly. Now, all of those numbers that I just told you, they come from the from the mass file. It also had a massive spillover effect into mid-level and major donors. But the numbers I gave you is the most conservative sort of number to measure the success by, which is the mass file only. Donors who made gifts of like cumulative giving in a year of less than a thousand. That alone has generated enough revenue and vitality in the file to allow them to do a lot more stuff. Like they're expanding, they're creating new programs. And now we can take some of that extra revenue and now begin to invest heavily into new donor acquisition because that flywheel is spinning, it's working. There was a ton of value in their existing donor file. People who loved what this organization was doing, they were just waiting. They were just waiting to be engaged more. They were just waiting to be listened to, to be engaged, to be asked, to be celebrated, and then get the report back on what their philanthropy is doing. And so many people raised their hands and they said, yes, I'm going to help more. I can do a lot more. This is awesome, right? But for two years, we only focused on donors they already had in their donor file before investing a ton of money into new donor acquisition. And I can tell you, now that we are investing in new donor acquisition, this file, it's just going to get better because they have this whole system, this whole flywheel that is spinning and that is already delighting a lot of their existing donors. And this organization has, has the mindset of adding and creating value to the lives of their donors over time. And they're playing the long game. And I can't wait to see where they're at 10 years from now. If, if, if two years has this kind of effect, I can't wait to see what they're doing 10 years from now because it makes a ton of business sense to start acquiring donors now, repeatedly, reliably, that the flywheel is spinning. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that uh, you were able to download the worksheet and, and, and do the math. And that is my action plan for you. My action plan for you today is number one, go to the show notes, Download the simple worksheet. Number two, plug in your numbers. Do some simple math. 
even if you are guesstimating. And number three, I want you to show this to your boss or your board or whoever is in charge of budget. And maybe that is you. So maybe you're just showing it to yourself and you have a moment with yourself and make sure that they know the reality behind setting arbitrary growth goals and what it takes. If you are really clear-eyed about this, you can say, yeah, I realize this is what it takes. We want to grow by 10%. It's going to take some investment. This is very clearly what it takes to go beyond just like, oh yeah, we just need to find an extra $100,000. No, we actually need to find an extra $300,000. Okay, this just got more real. How are we going to do that? Right? Planning is always, this kind of planning and just like forecasting a little bit, there's only upside. There's no downside. There's only upside. This is an asymmetric risk. This is, there's only something to be gained by doing this math really quickly. Because then you can go and take massive action and do something about it. Or you can say, I think this is an unrealistic goal. We are setting ourselves up for failure by doing this. And maybe we need to adjust our expectations. I hope that you want to grow. I hope that your organization and your leadership is invested in growth, not for the sake of growth, but for the sake of mission impact. And I hope that you're able to have conversations to really resource the work that you're doing to support that growth. Thank you for the work you do. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for hanging out with us around the fundraising campfire. I'm your host, Mike Dirksen, cheering you on as you build good in the world. <laughs>